Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Seeky Sports Podcast, Season 3, Episode number 28. Um, sorry, Falcons fans. Uh, we got a beautiful episode for you on this. Feel good Friday. Um, sorry, I'm making me laugh. But anyways, um, and actually, perfect timing because Julian Edelman retires. We're talking about that, the catch. It all kind of adds up. So without further ado, uh, let's dive on in. All right, we start off today's episode with Julian Edelman. He retires after 11 seasons in the NFL. All of them, of course, with the New England Patriots. Um, I would say out of all the players um, ever in the NFL, I mean, he has the most controversial career because a lot of people, you know, can argue that obviously he was pretty mediocre in the regular season. I mean, Jeremy Macklin has better regular season stats. There's a lot of receivers. uh, Jarvis Landry. So there's a lot of players who we like to even like, I guess we like to kind of hate on like Jarvis Landry's a big guy that a lot of people think he's a pretty below average player, but even he um, has better stats at Edelman in the regular season. And that's brought the controversy of how can one possibly say uh, Edelman's a hall of famer. Now I, I want to, of course, get your opinion before I go back to me, but um, what are your thoughts? Is Julian Edelman a hall of famer guys? Well, it's tough. It's tough to evaluate because he has one of the most unique careers in history. We've never seen a guy have so, like such a different level of performance in the regular season than he has in the playoffs. I mean, this guy is a Super Bowl MVP and he's contributed to three Super Bowl championship teams. You look back in 2016 against the Falcons, he has one of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history. So, I mean, like things like that get factored in, like just the playoff performance. But I, at the end of the day, it's just tough because his numbers in the regular season just aren't even close. And He's not going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think we can all agree on that. So, you know, you're going to see guys like Antonio Brown and Julio Jones retiring in maybe like the next three, four, five years. This guy's going to be going up against those guys for these, you know, like these Hall of Fame classes. And it's like, who, who would you rather have in the Hall of Fame, Julio Jones or Julian Edelman, you know? So it's just really tough. I mean, personally, if I had a vote, I would vote for him to be in. But I don't, I don't know if enough people see eye to eye with me to like value playoff success that much. Yeah, that's a good point. I, f- I feel like valuing playoff success is all that really comes into factor here is because he's, like you said, obviously such a mediocre player in the regular season, but in the playoffs, he elevated his game. He's second all time in touchdowns and receiving yards, only behind the great Jerry Rice. And we know he obviously he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. He has that Super Bowl MVP. The last Super Bowl against the Rams, he was basically their entire offense. Um, and then, like you said, against the Falcons, he was a huge part of that comeback victory. So, I mean, you could really make an argument that he is one of the best playoff receivers of all time, one of the best playoff players of all time. But if his his regular season stats, there's not much comparison. It's going to be tough. And like you said, the competition of him going up against guys like Julio and AB to get into the Hall of Fame, I don't really know if people are going to vote for Edelman. I wouldn't be mad if he got in, but I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't get in. Uh, I, I feel like it's just really a flip of a coin at this point, honestly, depending on how much the voters value playoff, playoff accolades. See, I, I don't know if he's going to get in ultimately. Like, that's the voters' decision, like, whatever. But – it's funny to me how so many people are coming to the conclusion like right away that he's not a Hall of Famer when it, it's just funny because these are the same people who constantly tell me, constantly say that, oh, regular season doesn't matter. Like, we're so Lamar Jackson, hypothetically, right? He is a dominant regular season player. What probably like so far throughout his career has been better in the regular season than like every other quarterback but Pat Besides Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah. Like, he has been dominant, dominant in the regular season. What do people always say about him? Oh, he's not good in the playoffs. Okay, so why are we why are we saying that about 
You know, when a player doesn't play good in the playoffs, we all we do is talk about that. All we do. And then when a player wants to play good, though, it's just, it's just no one wants to talk about it. I think that playoff success should hold much more value than it does on, on, the, on the good side of it. Like, if you perform on the playoffs, that should mean, I mean, I don't know if I want to say 50%, but I think I want to say 50%. Because I think, you know, would I rather have you play four, three, three, four games uh, of your best ball at 75, 80 yards a game, you know, a touchdown maybe, um, and be a, a consistent, reliable target um, in the playoffs? Or would I rather have you, you know, 1,200-yard season, six years in a row, your Pro Bowl five years? Like, I don't know what you would rather have because I would rather have the playoff success, to be honest. Yeah. I think so, too. But it's really going to be like a flip of a coin, honestly, if he makes it. And if he does make it, he's going to be on the ballot four or five times. I mean, it's like people were saying like Heinz Ward still hasn't gotten in and he's been on the ballot like multiple times. I feel like Edelman's going to be in the same situation. And then maybe if there's a weak class one year, he might be able to squeak in. But it's going to be difficult. Tell you one thing though, it's impressive that he's even in the conversation considering he was what like a sixth or seventh round pick and he had no business being here to begin with. He's a special yeah, he was a quarterback for years. But yeah, right, converted. definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on to Lamarcus Aldridge now, who also announces retirement. This one came as a bit more of a surprise since it happened midway through the season. But you know, the issue with Lamarcus Aldridge, unfortunately, was he was having an irregular heartbeat. Um, so he felt it was just in his best interest to stop playing because you don't know what the risks with that can be. So he spent nine seasons with the Blazers. That's what he'll be remembered most for. He spent six with the Spurs, and he played like five games with the Nets, but he was looking all right with the Nets. So, you know, it's unfortunate. He is just under 20,000 career points. You know, whether or not he's a Hall of Famer is a tough question, but Damian Miller said that he believes the Blazers need to retire his jersey number, and I think I agree with that. Oh, and they, they definitely will. I, I think LaMarcus Aldridge was a key factor early on, and I think possibly the development of Damian Lillard, someone like that, when he first got there as being a leader, and I feel like he was good. Like you saw, we saw the short stint with the Nets. He was good five games there. You know, he kind of looked like he fit in really well with the guys. He's a leader for the young players. He can help with, he could have helped really helped with the development of someone like Claxton, I think underneath, but the, you know, it's really tough to see him now. I, I'm still, I still believe the Nets will give him a ring if they win, which is good because of the unfortunate sequence that he had to retire, but it's good that he put his safety if the first. Nets win a ring. Well, yeah, if they win, I'm sure he'll get a ring though. I, I'm sure that they would do the right thing there. But I mean, in basketball, it's much easier to make the whole thing. What's your so. point, that? What's your point, that graph? I'm just saying they're not like a shoe in, you know. Like there's, you know, look, I think that's a different conversation, obviously, to be had. But I think first, it, so I want to talk about Lamarcus Aldridge first before I talk about the Nets and whatever you know their current chances are right now. But um, so first, this has been a problem throughout, like, I think, his whole life. So I, I guess like people aren't really like apparently people who know him closely aren't like this isn't something like really brand new. But it, I guess this really just popped up recently again in the game versus the Lakers. And by the way, Twitter is the most disgusting place ever. Like, did you see some of the the tweets? And I'm not even gonna, like, that's like just mess up to talk about. We're not even, gonna, but just once again, I want to preface right now that Twitter, that Twitter should never be a place you actually go for real information. For some of these accounts on NBA Twitter, like they're disgusting. If they're not like a verified, like just like a, actually a person who has respect for their own brand. The problem is, it's these guys who have like these like players as their profile picture. And it's like the guys who don't actually have their face attached to their, their Twitter account. And they just post the most disgusting shit. And it's people like around like 20, sometimes they have like 20, 30,000 followers. And they're just like, I mean, some people think Andre Drummond retired. Like, come on, man. So we're glad that Mark Soldiers is okay, first of all. But now, is he a Hall of Famer? I think he is. 
I think according to pro basketball reference, he's a 51% chance to make it, which is, I mean, they're basically saying it's, he's on the edge. Um, but the, the NBA, you have to think, I mean, it's so easy to make it. Like all you have to do is be a perennial all-star for five, mm-hmm. six years and you're in. So I think he, he seven time all-star five, four time all NBA. You know, he was a key part of the Blazers success. Um, I mean, he, has, he has solid stats. Like he's racked up a lot of points. He's a lot racked of up a lot of points. I think like when you're near 20K, you, you got to get in the conversation. When there's guys who are not even at 10K points who make the Hall of Fame, it's crazy. So I think you got to at least, you got to at least bang on the fact that he makes it, I think. I think, I think he he'll make it. Played the rest of the season and he was like a 12 point per game, like contributor for the Nets and they won the ring. I think that would make him a lock. But as oh, of right now, lock. I think I think you're right. Still relatively on like the edge, so it'll be interesting to see if he gets in. Yeah, so now the Nets. I want to ask. I think because I think we all like said before that after the Nets signed Lamarcus Aldridge that they would win the the, the finals easily. Like, yeah, but how I, much does this impact? I I said that, but like once they traded for Harden, like the Aldridge signing was just like whatever. It didn't really make it. So cherry on top. But, well, now but, see the thing is interesting now. I don't think you can even like, cause I think Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan were washed like when they signed with the Nets or whatever, but LaMarcus like in his five games, he had 13 points per game, shot an efficient 53% from the field. I, I believe above 40% from three. Like he was a, just a great player. There's for them. no doubt he was playing well for them, but like they'll be fine because at the end of the day, it comes down to how like their big three play. And they got guys like Claxton's been playing a lot better. And then like Jeff Green can play some center. Yeah, but that's like, like the Nets didn't really have a lot of depth to begin with. And now, I mean, it's just one of those things where with the Nets that, Blake Griffin, I honestly think is horrible. Like he's been horrible with the Nets. There's no one who can tell me otherwise. Aldridge, which I honestly thought it would be the other way around when they both signed, but Blake Griffin's definitely been worse. Yeah. So the Nets really just have a big three. Like that's like the the, the people I rely on. I don't really the, the big five stuff is nonsense like, at this point. It was like the Lakers last year. Like they had all those Rondo and Howard. Yeah, they had all those scrubs, but yeah. But Rondo and Howard were pretty good. Remember, Rondo actually had a great playoffs, and then Howard, of course, the Western Conference Finals, locking down Jokic. But um, yeah, but Joe, like Joe Harris, is pretty yeah, good. Nets, like he, the Nets have guys; they'll be fine. Well, Joe they have Harris. Jeff. They have Joe Harris. They have Jeff Green. They have yeah. um Nick Claxton, obviously. Well, yeah, they'll be uh, all right. Bruce Brown is he's not a real player. He's not a real player. I mean, he played all right uh, in the earlier half of the season. I know, but like, come on, we can't be throwing at. Any NBA no, name, but then, like, yeah, but then like Alex Caruso is not a real player, and people would. Oh, consider he isn't. Him. He isn't. Alex Caruso is not a real player. Well, Lakers fans are like, oh, he's, he's a, a below-average player. Right? He's a below-average yeah. player. I mean, right. well, let's. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Let, let, let's flip the script now. Jamal Murray against the Warriors the other night, going up for a layup, blew out his ACL. Kind of sucks. Mm. Uh, the Nuggets, I believe, are the four seed right now in the Western Conference. Um, it's kind of difficult now. They were just starting to get a little rhythm together with Murray, Gordon, MPJ, Jokic, and then obviously they had Murray at the mm-hmm. point. He's going to obviously miss time next season now as we're already about 60 games into the year. So, guys, what do you think this means now? Are the Nuggets probably going to be a first-round exit? Well, all right. I, I think the bigger picture right here is what I want to focus on for a little bit. But actually, I will answer. The Nuggets, as of now, play the Lakers, right, as the 4-5 matchup. Yeah. And it's yeah. the six seed Blazers are pretty far back. So it's looking like th- that will be the four or five. Maybe one of them moves up to three. That could happen, right? That could happen. But it's looking very likely they'll play the Lakers. And they kind of got fucked over. Like they, They're going to play the Lakers now. And odds are, with no Jamal Murray, that they're going to get handled in five games. Maybe four. Like, they will get handled. And so first on exit, absolutely first on exit. Because you look at the Clippers, they're three games above the Nuggets, which means they're not going to fall. Uh, so, the, yeah, so this will be the 4-5 matchup, most likely. And we know how it's going to happen. I want to focus on this, though. 
the pro so the Nuggets really traded all those picks for Aaron Gordon in, in hopes of really kind of putting it all together to win a championship this season and then next season as well. But Jamal Murray will miss him in next season now, guys, because this remember this is April of this year. He's gonna be out until at least like April or May next year. He's no, gonna. It's he, about eight months. Torrey Seal. Depends. Yeah. It depends on the person. It's Maybe it's eight it's eight to twelve. It's just it says it's nine to twelve months. So I yeah, mean, I wouldn't expect him back before February. Like before so, the so let's say, but when do you think next season's gonna start? Let's say it starts October or November, maybe October. I think October because I think we're starting next season on time. I think it's back yeah. to like the normal schedule. Yeah, the so, All Star break will be in February, and I will be back All Star break next year. Yeah, and next you know year. the Nuggets obviously that's gonna affect how they play next year. And Aaron Gordon is a free agent after next season. After mm-hmm. next season. So when you had two years to win a championship, now it's like, oh, wait, MPJ is also a free agent, a restricted free agent after next year. And it's like, oh, shit. Well, I think after this year, because, right, he's been in the league for four years. Maybe not. I, I'm, I know Aaron Gordon's a free agent after next year because I, I have I'm in front of me right now. I don't know about MPJ. I don't know. It could be this year. It could be next year. But those are two guys who deserve potential Potential maxes, shall I say? No. Aaron Gordon. I mean, look, I think Aaron Gordon, MPJ Max, MPJ Max. Don't even, he's a max. He's a max player easily. I guess so. The 50th, like 60th best players in the league get max contracts now. Not even. MPJ's not, MPJ's a 23 point per game score on on the best shooting percentage for a Ford of all time, Frank. He's Uh, a great player. Okay. So, so what? I said 50, 60 he's 20, in the league. He's 22. He's 23 years old, whatever. He's young as shit. Yeah, so so where would you rank him in the league then? I said 50 at 60 best players okay, in the league so get think, match contracts. I think, it I doesn't think make MPJ, sense. I think MPJ's at probably like around like the like the 40, 50 range, 40, 50. But that's like a, that's like a top two player on a, on a team. 40, 50 range is like Chris Middleton. Yes, and he's around there. He's, he's maybe better. I don't know. He's he's oh I don't know. More, he's more efficient. He's more efficient than yeah, any four, like I said. Defender and he missed his whole rookie year with a back problem. He's only he's only twenty. He's only like 22, 23 Listen, years old. Who, who cares though? The Nuggets aren't winning shit. Okay, especially when so, you're paying Jamal Murray. Yeah, max, so hold max on. Money. So hold on. So who cares? Then Aaron Gordon, let's say not Max, but he's gonna get like guys. They give but you like thirty million guys. They give you like thirty million for an Aaron Gordon player nowadays. It's a well, lot. Not gonna be able to retain them. Exactly. So my so they he got paid twenty two million two years ago. Aaron Gordon he got paid already like a lot. He's gonna get paid even more the next time he's up. The Nuggets won't be able to resign Aaron Gordon, and then all, all it'll be th- it'll be done. They'll be done. The Nuggets are well, done now. It's a it's a you know tough injury. It's a it's a you know serious really serious injury, and they caught a tough break. What are you gonna do? I don't think they're winning shit either way. Hey, let's say Jamal MPJ Murray Frank- was terrible. It was very overrated this year. Yeah, but, uh, I mean. I, I disagree with that, but he was cool. shooting. He had the he, his points a game were down from the bubble, right? Four points, five points. He, what, is, what is he at best? But, he's but not he a good was shooting more. He was shooting. He's shooting more efficient than he did last season. So his points yeah. are down, though. His points game are down, but like I mean, yeah. MPJ obviously took a big role. Aaron Gordon that's taking a big role, and MPJ, like you said, he's get hurts a lot, right? Or gets. I mean, that's that. He's injury prone, though. Let's. I mean, let's just be honest. He's injury prone. Yeah, he is. So. Now it's like, man, you have Jamal Murray ACL injury, Aaron or MPJ who could get a max, probably will get a max, and he, you know, obviously his history at the back is is not very, you know, doesn't give you enough confidence moving forward to be like, oh, is this not going to happen again? The Nuggets, man, they're screwed. Jokic is only getting older. I mean, he's his body obviously he's pretty fat. I mean, let's just be a, he's uh, he's he's you know out of shape though, right? He's he's out of NBA shape. So the Nuggets outlook for me doesn't look too good. Definitely not. I mean, I agree. 
There's, I mean, there was no good time for an ACL injury, but this was probably the worst time. It was, yeah. Um, you know, it's just unfortunate. All right, mm-hmm. well, let's uh, move on. Let's talk about my Bulls, the Vucevic, Levine duo. Hasn't necessarily worked out so far. They're playing pretty well, but then they just went on a four-game losing streak to some of the worst teams in the league. The Grizzlies, the T-Wolves, the Hawks were in there, although the Hawks are okay now. But, you know, it's just, you know, they haven't been playing that well. Mainly defensively, they've taken a step back since they lost Wendell Carter. He was definitely the defensive anchor of the team. But, you know, watching these games, it's weird because Vucevic has been playing well. He's putting up really solid numbers. He's shooting well. He's been a facilitator. Uh, Levine has just hasn't been himself since the all-star break. He's taken a step back. He had an ankle injury and now he has COVID. So, you know, they're just not in a great spot. They're still hanging in on the 10th seed because, you know, there's no, like the, the drop off between 10th and 11 is just massive. I think the Raptors are 11. You know, Raptors and Wizards are now creeping up to one game behind. Yeah. yeah so, you know, it's just, I, I, I still think they, you know, almost all their games since they've gotten Vucevic have been on the road. First of all, they have not had time to gel. Levine's been hurt. They had some tough games in the beginning, but yeah, like the last four games have just been awful. Just unacceptable losses. Nothing else to say. Yeah, but the Raptors like really aren't winning. Like, like they're not going to go on like a winning streak. Uh, And same with same with the Wizards. So like, as long as the Bulls can just string together a couple of decent games, they're still going to be the ten seed. I mean, it's not very difficult. Then we have that major drop off after those two. When we got the Cavs, the Pistons, we have all those scrub teams and the Magic. Exactly. So. It's not like the East was in the beginning yeah, of the season. The that was Wait, the well, a funny storyline is that the Cavaliers could potentially sneak into the playing game. They're only two and a half games out of Chicago. And I mean, can they? Who knows? No. The, the Wizards are the hottest team technically in the race. They're five and five in the last 10 games. Chicago three and seven. Toronto four and six. So Westbrook and Beal back. But see, I think right now as of this season, like does it even – I mean, I think Graf, has a, he's a Bulls fan, right? So you can like attest to this. Like – is not making the playing game or not making the playoffs. Is that the worst thing in the world for that Bulls to happen? No, it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, we knew coming into this year that this trade was more for next year. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not, it's not the end of the world. I mean, obviously I'd love to see them in the playoffs. I'd love to see them get like a shot at the Nets, but you know, it's yeah, they're going to, they're going to, you know, I'm sure they'll sign some guys. They'll draft somebody that fits this team and they're going to build around the Levine Vucevic duo because, you know, they just they, they acquired their guy. But, you know, it, it's hard to bring in guys midseason. You rarely see, like, mm-hmm. a superstar bought in midseason like that, and it works. I mean, obviously, James Harden happened, but... But well, he's I a top-ten player of the league. Yeah, it's different. You know, well, I think that, first of all, the Nets were six and seven to start the season off. The Cavs, with the big three of Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, and um, LeBron James, they, they started off 16 and 17 that year. Yeah, it, takes some, they, it takes some it time to brutal. gel. And then, the, remember, the Heat, big three... Also started off nine, nine and eight, and they had a lot of obviously a lot of people got mad. So these things just take time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I don't really think the Bulls are in trouble. I don't really think this change in my outlook on the Bulls moving forward. I said we all said we all agreed that this is a free agent hotspot now, and I think if they can show something next year, there's no reason why that shouldn't be that shouldn't change. If they're not yeah, like they, a top sixteen in the East next year, though, I would consider that a disappointment because you have two. All-stars. I think. I mean, I I I, I would agree. You have some like and, solid young players, and I mean, the pressure's point, on next season though, not this season. Relatively high again, so and this is a pretty good draft class. So this is a pretty stacked draft class, definitely. I mean, geez, you you talk about the first three guys; they could all be argument arguably the number one picks in any other seasons. That's how good they are. The whole top ten is pretty good. Unlike last year, where you started delving into guys, the instant drop off. Yeah, like guys like they that. Were, they, were, they were picking role players with see, the fifth overall pick. Like I don't know why the Raptors and the Wizards want the playing game so bad, though. 
like those are two teams I feel like they could, they could really use a high draft pick and like they just don't want it I guess maybe Washington because they have Beal and Westbrook like those two veteran players who want to some playoff action but the Raptors makes no sense like why why would they even want to make the playoffs I don't know I mean like honestly if you get the 10th seed and you lose you still have pretty good draft odds you have like a 20 percent chance of getting a top four pick yeah oh, oh definitely but I mean you obviously run the risk of winning that game versus a nine seed and which is very I mean it's one game versus a nine seed you could easily beat yeah. them and then you run the risk of actually making the playoffs which I mean I guess it's a good thing but for some teams it could be a bad thing Mm-hmm. I just think this year specifically isn't the end of the world. I think there's two guys in this draft that are head like head and shoulders above everybody else in Cunningham and Suggs. But then if you're gonna if you're gonna be picking like there's no difference between five, six, seven, or eight. Like you have a chance of getting a really good player anyway. So I would yeah, like someone like Sharif Cooper or yeah. like Jalen Green. Like, yeah. you, know you know what's funny? I watched a uh, video um, like back in like July. So like they it was like can you um it was like an NBA draft video for 2020 and. I saw that Obi Toppin was supposed to be the number two pick according to ESPN's like early mock in August. Like, so honestly, man, if you're, if you, if a guy falls, don't take him, don't take him. Cause Obi should have never been in a conversation for the number two pick, not even the number eight pick. Cause he was a big and the Warriors wanted a big, everybody knew that. And he that was the blew most- my mind when they said Obi Toppin number yeah. two. And no, everyone was like, that turned out. Everyone was like, oh, this is a blessing in disguise for the Knicks. Like, ugh, okay, a blessing. He's already 24, too, just, to, just for reference. That's already bad. 24 years. He's a good bench guy, though. Him, him, Frank, and Kevin Knox get lit in the bench. They're like the big three. The bench, big three. They get pretty lit. All the Jaff busting. They love the, the bona fide scrubs. They're all number, like, they should, Frank and Obi are number eight picks, and Knox is like the number nine, maybe, number whatever. He's somewhere around that range as well. Um, so, Pretty interesting topic we got right here. Probably the title of the video, not really too shit, probably the title of the podcast, um, was the NBA's playing tournament a mistake? And before I want to get your guys' two cents on this, um, uh, so Mavs, obviously Mavs superstar at this point, Luka Doncic, um, came out and said that, you know, if you're playing 72 games in the regular season, um, you're battling for this positioning all year long, what is the point of us now having to win another game just to solidify our spot in the playoffs? Mark Cuban kind of share the same sentiments saying that like, you know, this is really unfair. I mean, I don't know what they really thought it was supposed to be. Like, I, were they thinking it was supposed to be fair? Cause I don't know. I mean, I want to get your thoughts. Well, first of all, life's unfair. Second of all, the Mavericks are the seventh seed right now. So like, it's kind of like they lose some credibility here. Cause like, obviously they'd rather not have to play the playing. Game. I mean, and third of all, so you play 72 games this season. Okay. Then how about you just win some of them? So you're not the seventh seed. I mean, like, it's just as simple as that. You, you have to fight. You have to earn a top six seed to so get that, like, buy in the first round. You know, if, and, like, if you're the seventh seed, you're just not that good of a team anyway. It's like, you have no right to complain. Like, you're not winning the championship with the seventh seed. I don't know. I think their frustration is unwarranted. They're not that good of a team this year. I think they're 30 and 24. That's solid. But it's, it's like you're not going to win a championship. So I don't really want to hear what they have to say. We had a fun game tonight versus um, the Mavs. Four Frank goes. Fuck them. Fuck them. Well, uh, you know, the Knicks playing the Mavericks tonight. I mean, yeah, we, got, we got to be KP paper knees. But I, I understand like where they're coming from being the seven seed, but also quit crying and complaining. Like, dude, it, it is what it is. Th- this is in place now. This is going to be in place going forward. You know why? Because it makes the NBA money. People are going to have a couple extra days to watch these games between the nine and the tens and the sevens and the eights. And then whoever wins, yada, yada, yada. It'll make it better 
and it makes the NBA more money. And like you said, win some more basketball games. You're 30 and 24. What are you crying about? Win. When the Blazers played the Grizzlies, that was a really exciting matchup. It was a yeah, they would play the Grizzlies. They would. And the, you know what? The playing game was great. Was great yeah. last season during the bubble. I expect a lot of like you know really good games going forward. So it's yeah. almost like a March Madness type environment in at the NBA. Yeah, we I need agree. More, we need more of that. I think you could argue. But real quick, I want to say this: if you think the seventy-two playoff uh, regular season games compared to like this is unfair, then technically aren't the playoffs unfair in itself? If you only have to play you know four games to only beat them four times like isn't that unfair if um you know you play 72 games right for the number one seed like the bucks so you you just you beat everyone for 72 games you were so good but you lose four times in the playoffs isn't that unfair now how you you only have to lose four times to be out like so yeah. logic doesn't make any the logic is broken it's and just... it just it, of course it's not fair luca of course it's not fair like it wasn't yeah, life's not to be fair, fair like you said but it it's, wasn't supposed to be fair. That's not the NBA's intent with this rule. The NBA's intent is to make more money and to money, have more parity yep. in the NBA. I don't um, even think it is that if you're the if you're the seventh or eighth seed, you get two chances to win one game to make the playoffs. And if you can't, it's do true. That, yeah. And if you're above them in the standings, prove it. Beat them one time. Just beat them one time. Just prove it. Two games to make to make the playoffs. You know. So it's like. And the funny thing is, the record of seven and eight seeds the past couple of years. When's the last time a seven seeds literally beat a two seed? It's been so long. Yeah. It. it I, maybe it was the Grizzlies back with Tony Allen or whatever. Oh, no. So, yeah, the Memphis Grizzlies being the eighth right. seed, they beat the one seeded Spurs in 20. They went into the Western Conference. Oh, wait, semifinal. The, the year before they made it to the Western yeah, Conference. Yeah, that was the last time there was yeah. a real major upset. They beat them in, in six in games. This. Yep. But that's something like, so it's it's once in a blue moon, and it's just like, man, get over it. Like, you're the seventh seed, and the Mavs, what did I say before the, the KP trade? They'll be stuck in the seventh seed forever because. And they. they and they were underwhelming this year, the Mavericks. A lot of people had high expectations for them. A lot of people thought they could be a top four seed in the West with KP and Luka. Yeah, Luka, but- Luka, Luka, get used to this because you're, you're going to be the seventh seed forever, pal. I you're thought that be- was so weird that they traded away Seth Curry. Like, that just made zero sense to me. That I- Don't worry, but they, they signed Maxi Kleber and Dwight Powell to, like, $15 yeah, like, million dollar year contracts. zero sense to me. And they bring in J.J. Reddick. Like, that, like that's he was, gonna- he was good yesterday. Our, um, was that What is that, Wednesday's game now that we, we saw the Luka Magic? I don't know. Give me Seth Curry any day of the week at this point. Oh, I mean, I mean, there's there's no denying, of course. But in speaking of Seth Curry, though, he hasn't been himself since COVID. He he got COVID and um he had a great start to the season, and ever since he got COVID, he's kind of been a shell of himself. But you know, of course, still a great player. Well, that brings us to the next topic: Seth Curry and the Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets are kind of creating a rivalry here at the top of the Eastern Conference. Simmons spoke about the Nets, and he said they still have to play defense, but they're a very talented roster. The Sixers then kicked that. Well, they didn't really kick the Nets' ass, but they had a convincing victory, one twenty-three to one seventeen. But no KD, no Harden, no Blake Griffin for the Nets. Obviously, the Sixers fans were chanting "KD sucks" in the late fourth quarter. He was loving it. He was clapping it up on the bench. You know, K, you know how KD is. He doesn't really give a shit. And then B dropped thirty-nine and sixteen. I mean, I think I could drop thirty-nine and sixteen on the Nets, big men. Uh, but that's not saying much. But Guys, is this really a rivalry? Because I think I know what's going to happen come playoff time. It'll be a, a series versus the Nets versus and the Sixers, and the Nets will win in five games, and Embiid will be crying again. Well, I mean, look, I, I think that people were calling for the longest time the Celtics and Sixers rivals, and, you know, the, the Celtics kind of had, you know, their way in every single meeting with the Sixers in the playoff time. Um, so, you know, they, they use this – I mean, of course it's a rivalry, yes, because – I get people somehow, some people have different terms and definitions for rivalry. Like it's like, you have to be competitive with one another in playoff series. But for me, it's just like, I mean, 
is there beef between you guys? You know, how much shit talking is going on? Like, you know, quotes before games, after games, you know, what's going on in the, I mean, I, I just feel like that's like kind of more of a rivalry when, you know, you know, it gets public, like your beef that you hate each other and whatnot. But look, I mean, like, yeah, like you said, Frank, and Nets and four. Yeah, I, it's I like, so. it's hard to have a rivalry in today's NBA because like, you know, there's a lot less pushing and shoving and fighting. And on top of that, like, you just, you just don't have like the same environment that you do in the NFL. You know, the only like real rivalry in the NBA is like Kevin Durant versus LeBron because they meet up in the finals every year. I, you know, and even that, it's like hardly a rivalry because they don't really hate each other. It's just, I don't know. Sometimes the playoff series get like a little like chippy, but you very rarely see like a real rivalry anymore. Like when you think of like like Knicks Bulls in the '90s or something like that, you just don't get. Yeah, that it it's not like what it used to be at, at all. Even like Knicks Pacers with the Reggie Miller thing and the rivalry yeah. they kind of created. You know what's a new rivalry? Pist- Knicks Knicks Bucks. Pistons Bulls was a just nasty yeah. those years. No, no, Nick, no, Knicks Mavs is like a. If you watch like Knicks and Mavs games since the KP trade, it's like an actual. Like they hate like, we hate the Mavs. They hate us. Like you can feel it. Like they Barrett up in the playoffs. Like RJ Barrett, literally hates Dallas. He, I'm, I love it. He literally hates the Mavs. Barrett's Barrett's gonna play well tonight. He's been struggling lately. He'll play well tonight. And Randall's gonna dominate Porzingis in the post because he's and he's a pussy. No, Marcus Morris in the in the the brief stint he had with the Knicks, he owned the Mavericks. He in the two games they played the they he literally had like thirty five points each game. He owned them. So good. Yeah, good, good. I mean, because it's anyone guarding K, uh, paper needs, you know, they go off. It's just a given fact. Guy can't, guy can't play defense. He can't. All right, let's move on to some MVP talk. Steph Curry has just been on an absolute tear recently. He had what twenty-seven points in the third quarter the other night when they scored. 50. I know, man, unreal numbers. Yeah, he just couldn't miss. The numbers this year are on par with his MVP season: thirty points and six assists on forty-nine percent shooting, forty-two percent from three. But the Warriors are in ninth in the West, which is obviously the only thing holding him back. But once again, it's just such a weird MVP race this year. You know, it's really Embiid versus Jokic, but neither of them have, like, solidified the way. Yeah. So it's it's weird. I mean, I personally – I mean, I'm I, like Steph Curry is one of my favorite players, but it's just – it's really hard to sit here and say he deserves the MVP. And it's solely because his team isn't winning. It's not his fault. Yeah, it really sucks because we – you know, if we've seen Clay here probably this season and Draymond playing – a little bit better and Wiseman not getting injured. Uh, I, I could easily see the Warriors being a number four seed or top four seed in the, in the West right now. But the problem is, like you said, Curry's the nine seed. We're not going to see someone win an MVP with their team that low and possibly not even making the playoffs at all. Um, and then I honestly think Embiid's injury really crushed him. And now Jamal Murray's out. So I don't know if Jokic will elevate his game and probably be better as a facilitator and pull away with this, but we'll see. But like but you said, it's not all like sixth place or something though. But will they? Cause the Blazers just haven't been able to win. Yeah, like, I, the Blazers. Suck. The the West is so different. Like they're it's only they're only separated by a couple games, but these teams have not. Like even the Lakers, we thought they'd fall a little bit further. They're still the five seed right now, and they, they honestly might be able to pass the Nuggets. Like who knows? Yeah, I mean, look, my MVP is pretty clear. Um, it's it's Joel Embiid. Look, I, I get he missed ten games, whatever. Like he, I get it, but like Bill Walton won MVP in um nineteen seventy eight with fifty eight games played out of eighty two. Yeah, that's also like before my. Okay, game. so okay, so Juan, we're in modern era. Allen Iverson missed eleven games in two thousand one, won the MVP, and then James Harden missed ten games in twenty nineteen, won MVP. Giannis missed ten games in twenty. So 20- how many games has Embiid missed this year, though? He's missed sixteen games. Sixteen, and you also have to remember it's only a seventy two game season, so that like over the course of an eighty two game season would be closer to twenty. So. 
So it's like the Kawhi year where he played 60 games. Let's say he plays 60 games, uh, 60 game pace with 82. Yeah, but, but Kawhi never won. But see, the thing is, Graf, I think in a regular season where there would be a lot more like clear, clear front runners for MVP, like sure, he wouldn't, that would actually hurt him like a lot. Like he would, he would be done for it after he got injured for, you know, 16 games. But I mean, dude, who else is going to win? He's the number one seed in the East, the I, number I, one seed in the East, a, a defensive player of the year candidate, you could argue. The, one of the best offensive players in basketball right now, with, with like one of the highest PERs of all time in NBA history, and you know he, doing it on both ends, number one seed. Well, I don't understand like, what more you can ask from like the guy. No, I, I completely agree. It's just that you know the games played will be a factor, but it'll be interesting because I, I do think the Nuggets will fall to at least the fifth seed. They're not going to be a top four seed, and like that, I think that plays. Well, a- the Lakers are below them, I and you know what the I mean. The Lakers have injuries themselves too, so it's it's tough. I mean, they yeah, might stay. LeBron and AD will be back within like the next two weeks, and either way, they've been like playing respectable yeah, basketball. The, the season ends in like a exactly. Month. Uh, it, it's kind of surprising how the Lakers just really haven't fallen. Yeah, off. I've been shocked honestly, but I, at the end of the day, I know a lot of voters have come out and said like they like if you can get your team into a top four seed. That's like that's very important to them having like the home court in the first round. So the Nuggets fall to the fifth seed. I think it'll be. I, I think it's Embiid's award. Well, you know point. what's funny though is they ran a poll. I think Zach Lowe uh, of ESPN ran a poll, and he knows a lot of the voters. Of course, he he's a voter himself, and I'm sure he has connections with a lot of the voters in the league. Nikola Jokic got 85 percent of the votes for first place in his poll. So what we can tell off that is that Nikola Jokic will win MVP. Um. Pretty much. I mean, it's over because these voters just love the analytics, I guess. But he's going to win MVP. The PER. They love the PER. So, yeah. So, Nicole Jokic looks like the MVP. I mean, it's pretty much set in stone at, at this point. Um, his poll has been I, accurate like 90% of the time. It's only gotten one MVP wrong over the last 10 years. So, it's like, man, is he going to be wrong this time? Probably not. So, um, looks like Jokic won. So, I guess all these conversations are for nothing. But Oh, man. All right, well, we got some NFL talk. Honestly, man, you know, I think someone said it, like the next network on TikTok, shout out to them. Um, like a similar draft button is necessary for the NFL right now. There's nothing to talk about. Like the, the NFL world, if you only talk about football, I'm not even sure like what you could talk about at this point. There's harshly anything going on. I mean, there's a couple of signings here and there. Like we're about to talk about what Jed Evian Clowney. But other than that, just a bunch of whole lot of rumors about certain guys and stuff. Um, speaking of rumors, we're actually going to get into one right here. Uh, I thought it was pretty intriguing. Uh, Justin Fields becomes a betting favorite to be the third overall pick. Um, 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan and 49ers GM um, John Lynch attended Fields' second pro day. Um, obviously, the rumors continuing to fly around about who's going to be the actual quarterback to take Trey Lance. Um, is it going to be Justin Fields? Is it going to be Mac Jones? Um, still a lot to be you know, had over these next what, two weeks now. Um, leading up to the NFL. Yeah, we got draft. about four, 15, 14 days left, I mm-hmm. think. So we had, yeah, 29, 29th. So we had 13 days left. Um, and of course, FanDuel Sportsbook now has Justin Fields as the betting favorite to go number third um, overall to the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I mean, the, the betting the betting odds mean nothing to me. We see stuff like this all the time. Like they, yeah, they I mean, mean, Russell Wilson was the, bet, the betting favorite to go to Chicago. So. Yeah, exactly. It's meaningless. But I mean, Justin Fields was. <laughs> probably my third best quarterback all along. So this doesn't, if I was a GM, I would have been taking them all along. I think Mac Jones is really overrated. I feel like Justin Fields kind of fell out of like the media's favor seemingly for no reason. And Mm -hmm. I mean, this wouldn't surprise me if he went third. I think he deserves to go third. 
I'd be I'd still be shocked if the Niners took Mac Jones. Honestly, it would just be shocking. Yeah, I'm kind of on board with you here. I really like Mac Jones. I think he'll succeed, and I think he'd succeed in the Niners system. But I feel like Kyle Shanahan's kind of tired of just having average quarterbacks, and he kind of wants somebody to bring another aspect to the game, like Justin Fields can with his legs. Um, He's definitely got a higher ceiling. A hundred percent. I think Justin Fields could be someone like um, Josh Allen, possibly. Um, and even Trey Lance, I think, has a better uh, could have a higher ceiling than Mac. I think Mac Jones at best could be maybe a Matt Ryan. Um, and I don't really know how great that is. But I think that Justin Fields, like you said, is either my second or third best quarterback. I'd probably have him and Zach Wilson on very similar tiers. Whatever system they go to fits uh, each of them in different ways separately and could succeed, have them succeed better or not. But I think that Kyle Shanahan having a quarterback that will, can have legs now with the speed of Raheem Mozart in the backfield and use check blocking and the offensive line, I think it'd be really dynamic. Um, and I think Justin Fields, you know, deserves to go like this. I don't know why the media was hating on him so much. The kid was great. He showed great mm -hmm. perseverance Definitely. playing through the rib injury in the, in the college football playoff. I mean, they beat Clemson. They beat Trevor Lawrence. The, the kid threw for six touchdowns, chucked a 50-yard pass down the field with completely cracked ribs. I mean, this guy is legit. Well, yeah. I mean, I made an Instagram post about this about a month ago. I mean, it's just like the character issues. They, they bring up all these characters about Justin Fields. But, you know, guys, he's not had a single criminal history. No coaches, no teammates, no players. Um, not, no one said anything bad about the kid. But Mac Jones is apparently some angel, according to these NFL scouts, where even though he has two DUIs, I mean, obviously, um, I mean, based off that, I mean, I, I guess that's I'm, – look, I'm not saying Mac Jones is some, like, trouble troublemaker or whatnot, but – I mean, look, if we're going to, you know, rip apart Justin Fields' character for having doing nothing wrong, then just we're not going to talk about Mac Jones and whatever he's doing. Um, but look, it never... It's 100%. They're no, not holding know, everyone up to the same standard. So you know what the funny part is, though, Frank, is that everyone's like, I think Justin Fields is the third best quarterback. But it's never the order you think it is. Like, it's never like... See, that's what I think with my, with my rankings. I just did it based off, like, I want to be accurate at the end of the day, right? I want to try to hopefully, when we look back at this in three years, it's accurate. It's just hard to tell, like, who, guys, you don't even know. I mean, it's never the order people think it is, though. Is my 100%. 100%. For all we know, it could be Justin Fields could be the best. He could be the worst. He could be the, the fourth, I, the, the third, second. And I think I think whatever quarterback will end up with the 49ers or if the Patriots trade up for one of these guys, it'll be one of those two that ends up as the best. And because that's why, Kyle Shanahan's going to give you the best. Yeah. He's going to give you the keys to succeed. He's going to give you the best keys to succeed. He's going to have you – first of all, talk about your offensive line. You're getting protected by Trent Williams, one of the best left tackles in the NFL on your blind side. You got a good running back, Kyle Shanahan in your head. You got some good, quick, young receivers. You got George Kittle over the middle. You have the, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. It's your safety blanket coming into the league. You step into that situation, you have all the tools to succeed. There's no reason why Justin Fields can't be a top 10 quarterback right away if he goes to the 49ers. And I think that'd be smart because what is Mac Jones at best there? A, Jared, a good Jared Goff, the one year with the Rams? That's it? See, but the thing is, we don't even know, though, to be honest, because it's tough because, I mean, like, look, we've seen some quarterbacks who don't really show any of the the mobile traits like Ryan Tannehill, um, Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, you could argue, I guess. But then, like, we've seen guys like Dwayne Haskins. I mean, Tannehill's pretty mobile. He's a wide receiver. Guys, we've seen guys like Dwayne Haskins who has all the tools. He has the arm strength. He has the mobility. And it just – something doesn't click. Daniel Jones is another guy who has the arm strength, has the mobility. The they don't use his legs enough. The ball placement. And – Still, he's like not a good NFL quarterback. They're using his legs a lot, and he got hurt. Well, but he – Daniel Jones coming out of college, it was known for the arm strength, was known for the mobility. So it's just like – I hate the, the whole idea that, you know, you can't be a good quarterback if you don't have – you know, if you're not mobile, and that you're automatically going to be a good quarterback if you, if you do have those things because it, it's just not how it works. And that's why I think 
for all we know, dude, for all we know, Zach Wilson could be a complete bust because the odds are one of the, the two, like the odds are more likely than not that, that one of the two, Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence will not be good or will not live up to the hype. I mean, it's just the odds. The odds are just, that's what it is. You never see like all these quarterbacks say in the top 10. You never and even see the number third guy could be a bust. Like, let's say Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence do perform at a high level. Then the third guy might not be anything special at all. I mean, it's just like, I mean, you don't even know what's going to happen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's move on now to the one free agency signing that we had this week that was pretty impactful. Jadavion Clowney is now on the Cleveland Browns. It was a one-year, $8 million contract with $4.5 million signing bonus. Olivier Vernon's gone on the edge now, and they got Clowney on the other side next to Miles Garrett. Does this make the Browns better? And, guys, would you say they're, they're contenders? I mean, I'd say they're contenders all along, but I think now uh, they're probably the third-best team in the AFC. I'd still have Casey and Buffalo ahead of them. This signing does not change my opinion like a single bit. Uh, yeah, on the Browns. I feel like the Troy Hill and John Johnson signings had more of an impact to Cleveland because their secondary oh, was I mean, so that's poor. not even like that's not even a debate. That's I think that's pretty common knowledge, pretty obvious. Knowledge, yep. I, I don't know. I think like this signing, I mean, like we said, like we're getting to the point in free agency where or the NFL season where there's just no NFL news. And this is this happens to be the best NFL news of the week or whatever. And it's like, oh, it happened. He he signed. But think about it, there's a reason why he wasn't signed until now. That's yeah. All and he was a number one overall pick. There's a yeah, reason why. Have we ever seen a number one overall pick just bounce around from team to team like this? Four teams, like, that are, yeah. It's just it's very it's very weird to see. I don't and I don't know. He he's just not a great pass rusher. He's not a productive pass rusher. People say he's better in the run. He's good. Yeah, good run stuff for him. Either way, he's just never on the field. So like, and this is just like a one year prove it deal. It, it can't hurt the Browns to bring him in. I don't really think it helps. Is him, it a no. prove it deal? Like, dude, he's in, he gets paid at each spot so much money, but like they only want to keep him around for one year. Like mm-hmm. he got paid like six, sixteen million with the, te- I mean, the Titans. Also, like a three year contract with like fifteen a year. It's just impossible. The guy never plays. He like no, he passed on a contract of three years, fifty million for Miami, according to Ian Rapport. That's that's official. Was that last season or this season? Yeah, that was last, last season. season. Yeah, that was last three season. Year, 50 million and then before season. he signed with the Titans. Yeah, but he, and then he was unproductive with the Titans, and then also got hurt. So obviously his value is going to. It's like, dude, like. Yeah, he had one, one sack weird, with the Titans. It's so weird because the guy gets offered a lot of money from some places still, and it's just like. I think it's because he was a number one overall pick. If this guy was because of the potential, he, yeah. he wouldn't be in the league anymore. They, they yeah, still, yeah. Th- some teams still think they can get that potential of him being yeah, an important overall pick out of him. Yep. Well, it's like, it's like, um, you know, it's great. Uh, it's like uh, Anthony Bennett. Just, I mean, and, you know, he's not, but is Clowney really a bust though? Like, he's not a bust, right? Like, he's still yeah, had he's a, a pretty overall pick. And he, I mean, he's had a this guy was supposed career, to be, a, though. he was supposed to be a generational pass rusher. He made a couple of Pro Bowls. Am I just completely wrong? Yeah, but Pro Bowls doesn't mean anything. I mean, let's I mean, Tyrod Taylor made a Pro Bowl. Never had double digits. I, I, no, I get that, but like, I mean, seven it does. Sacks. That's that's like four and a half a season. That's not impressive. I think a Pro Bowl is a good indicator that you had at least a a semi. I think you had a productive season. Like you must have gotten some type of acknowledgement. Like as around. I mean, fans, dude, this kind of this guy was next to JJ Watt pass rushing. There's no reason why he wasn't productive. Like JJ Watt was a, was draw double triple teams all the time. This guy was in a great situation to succeed. I don't, being I don't think he's one of the best players ever. Stays in the NFL for this long. Like for me, when I think of bust, I think of a guy who just has character issues, most likely, who just is a complete bot. Looks lost out there. Looks like just he doesn't even know how to function. Forgets how to shoot a, a jump shot. You know, just completely lost. I, I don't think he was lost. I mean, he had some moments well, of. Let's just look at some of the players taken behind him: Khalil Mack, Mike Evans, 
uh, Aaron Donald, Odell Beckham. Well, of course, it's an NFL draft with 256 picks. Of course, there's going to be good talent no, behind him. These guys were like all like top 15 picks. And I just think like, it, like especially Khalil Mack. Well, it's an NFL draft. NFL draft first round is loaded. We know that. We've been knowing that I, for years. I just don't say you can't like not consider him a bust when a guy who plays the same position as him basically was just 10 times better. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess it depends how we use the term bust. I mean, I mean he's, if, not, if, he's not a horrible NFL player. Like, sure, he's had a semi-productive career, but he just I mean, he did not Frank, you're the one talking about how this signing, you know, the or this signing, like, you know, I guess it um it improved your image of the Browns. Or you know, no, I still thought they, I, said, I, I still thought they were the third best team in the AFC yeah, regardless. I'd have Buffalo and Casey ahead, and I'd have Indianapolis behind. Yeah, I so agree this signing that. means nothing. I mean, he, he's not a yeah. bust. He's just kind of an average player who happened to be the number one overall pick. Maybe he'll be productive next to Miles Garrett, and it'll help him a little bit. Like it won't hurt them. See, because if he does play like five more years in the NFL, though, how can you call him a bust if he plays like 10, 11 years? Because he wasn't as productive. He didn't live up to the status of the number but one that's, overall that's pick. That's why he's a bust. That's underwhelming. Bust is like fucking Anthony Bennett, where you just suck complete. Cock. Anthony Bennett's beyond the bust. He was just the worst draft pick in history. Grego, it's like Grego. It's like um, you know, who's the guy? Who's the guy that like smoked crack cocaine with the Dolphins at one time or some shit? Or like, like the oh Isaiah Wilson. It's like that. That's a bust. Like all right, like oh jeez, like, yeah, oh, yeah. like that's, that's bust. Like dude, that, like, that, that's like that was really bad. Like that's when you like completely just sucks. Like you're just horrible. Like that was that was really really bad. That sucks. He just never played. Like, Dwayne Haskins is a bust. Drew Locke might be a bust. Danny Dimes. Dan, Danny Dimes bust. is a Hall of Famer. Danny, Danny Dimes Danny, might be a bust. Danny Dimes is a bust. Probably. Frank, we're going to clip that. You already clipped I called it. Danny, This is Danny Dimes' last year. This is it. If he doesn't perform the, this year, he's not. Podcast, I just realized that like, we're going to have some really fucking freezing cold takes when we look back on this next season. I don't, I really don't, I don't think so. We've had some pretty good takes so far, I'd say. But no, I'm saying like, no, but no. See, no, the th- I, 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 I don't really know, but the thing I think is that like, I mean, it just happens. Any because obviously when we have three people, we're all going to disagree, and then obviously it might happen where we have two different sides of a topic. Like, I mean, look at that. Like, I feel like, let's say I put Justin Fields at number five in my quarterback ranking, right? I put him at number five. Let's say he's the, the Hall of Famer. Like, I look like a complete dumbass. Like, see, that's a, the quarterback rankings. It's funny because you could like these quarterback rankings making them public might be the might be one of the stupidest ideas we've ever had on this podcast. Because no, on the Instagram, like making that making that a post might have been the dumbest idea. Because when you look back at the end of September or twenty, like even like five years from now or like two years from now, whatever, and you see that like Trey, like let's say like let's say Trevor Lawrence is a complete bust. I mean, everyone should everyone thought that though, so it wouldn't it wouldn't be that bad. Everyone everyone thought he'd be good, but let's say like Mac Jones is a god. Tom Brady, like let's say he's like the next whatever the next pocket passer who's just elite like we would look like a fool so i mean it's interesting but yeah but if we're right then we look like geniuses so it's you know it's a double yeah i mean no that's because look at it like josh allen if you were to put josh allen number one like you would have looked like a a freak well that's why they they, like chris the guy chris sims like he kind of goes out of the box like he didn't have trevor lawrence number one you have to run out of the box you just have to like you can't like assume like that the guy that I mean, it's like RG three. Like RG three was like a guy who was number number two behind Andrew Luck. Everyone thought, and Russell Wilson was way better than him. 
I mean, as we could see, yeah. Man, if RG3 stayed healthy, though, man, he was like – I mean, he no, was he was good, though. He was productive. So oh, yeah, he was like, really good. It's tough to call him a bust. I mean, he might be just because of the injuries, but he was productive when he I was – I mean, I'd say, I'd say like Carson Wentz and Jared Goff could be considered bust. Or guys that just didn't well, live Carson up to the potential of that high pick. Carson Wentz would have been the MVP if he played three more games in that, that season, if he stayed healthy. Should have, could have, would have. We could say that about but a lot of guys. he would have won the MVP. How would an MVP a bust? Like, what? He was a lock. He was a favorite. He was a clear MVP. He was going to win. I mean, he, he lost his starting win. job to a rookie from who, you know, was the second round pick and was that's nothing fair. special. No, that's fair, but it's like, like – I would say a bust is someone that doesn't live up to the potential of their high pick. Yeah, that's – I mean, that's a very broad that's, – that's a very loose term for bust. I mean, that's like a lot of people – that's all right. I, I get that. I respect that. But my term for bust is like you're just complete shit and you're awful and you probably have some off-the-field issues, odds are, because you're yeah. short of shit. But – um. That's going to be it for the Seeky Sports Podcast, Season 3, Episode number 28 um, on this overreaction. All right. Be a good Friday. Uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace.